You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, how's it going? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendez. I'm a fantasy analyst at PFF and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode, like they always are, is going to be a good one. It's our first post-game victory Wednesday, I guess you can call it here, with my man Bear Motter, the former host, of course. Um, we're going to share some of our takeaways, of course, from this first game, the week one contest between the Rams and the Bears, get Brad's side of things, kind of hear out where he's standing with this team right now, and then we're going to take a turn into week two and officially spend the rest of the week looking at that matchup between the Los Angeles Rams and the Indianapolis Colts. It's going to be obviously a very interesting game that we're not really too familiar with when it comes to the Colts. The last time the Rams played these guys was in 2017, I believe. The opening game of the Sean McVay era, if I'm not mistaken, was a blowout. The Rams put up a 40-burger, but they don't get to play a backup quarterback this time, unfortunately. Uh, but before we get into all of that, this might not be too applicable for Rams fans, but the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast officially relaunches on September 20th with two new hosts around this time. Eric Crocker, former NFL player, one of the co-hosts of the Locked On 49ers podcast. He's going to do the player scouting, and Ryan Tracy brings the analytics. Make sure to follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on YouTube, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now we can dive into this episode. My man, Brad, I know you had fun watching that. I mean, there's no Rams fan on earth that I think could have scripted a better start to the Rams season there. Of course, the kickoff, not great. The first defensive drive, a little bit shaky, but... When that offense came out, man, you cannot script a movie script better than that. I mean, you're talking about Matthew Stafford dropping back. Sauce is a 69-yard, I think it was. Somebody corrected me there and told me that it was like a 67-yard touchdown. If I was wrong, my apologies, a couple yards off. But uh, Brad, man, this game was filled with a lot of good stuff, a lot of good stuff from Matthew Stafford. Some of the people we were talking about, of course, throughout the course of the offseason. I want to hear your opinion of this game, some of your takeaways, how you felt watching this one. Oh, man, it was just anxiety getting to kickoff, really, right? You got to watch all these games. You got to watch the that Packers upset, and that sinks in your head going, what what's in store coming up tonight? And uh, and then the game kicks off. That kickoff, you're right, and your, your stomach starts dropping a little bit. You think they're going to you know, get points on the board, and that's what the Rams really did last year as well as they – and really, the the handful of years McVay's been here is that is that bend but don't break defense. Obviously, this this year under a different coordinator, but uh, same result. Found a way to not have them put points on the board, and then you're right, just turn around. And we talked about this before we got here. It, you know, it could have been a uh, 80 yard drive, 10 play. No, Matt Stafford said, "Look, you guys." Brought- in here for the deep ball you will get the deep ball and he delivers it so it was just fun obviously it was a little bit closer than needed to be at halftime and maybe at at points in the second half but as soon as the Rams really kind of turned it on defensively which was really going to help us out uh, you saw things start to click so this team is dangerous uh the Matt Stafford hitting these deep bombs also to like wide open guys and he kind of talked about McVay and the way that he schemes things and you know, so much just not missing the the target deep down the field. And Van Jefferson with a great catch. Him and Cooper Cup seem to have incredible 
uh, rhythm together already, which if you got him in fantasy football, you got maybe the right pick out of him and Woods. Um, yep. But it was just fun to watch. It was fun to watch this offense and then just to see Matt Stafford move and the comfortability that he had not only in this offense in game one, um, the decision-making, only taking one sack, no interceptions. And we saw even Jared Goff this this uh, week do a pick six again to the Niners. It was like flashbacks all over. He's in midseason form and uh, it just felt good. It was like all this stuff that you talked about. You mentioned made a joke. The Rams don't have to worry about the draft. And for these reasons, right? We got Matt Stafford. Mm-hmm. We got Jalen Ramsey. And 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 they were definitely worth those picks. Jalen Ramsey on that defense side of the ball is just nasty. He almost seems like he's offended <laughs> that they're even coming his yes. way when he throws people on the ground. So, man, it was just fun. And And near the end in the fourth quarter, and I'm just trying to cover my – you know, minus 17 spreads that I was taking live bet and just going, we're going to do this. So um, all those different things that came along the way uh, were just a bunch of fun. And it's a great way to kick off. And looking at the NFC West, man, you got to win in week one. And the Rams were able to do it. Yeah, that NFC West is potent, man. I want to say it was one of two divisions in the NFL this week that went 4-0. and And everything we thought of this division looks like it's going to be true, man. There's, this is going to be a dogfight, I think all the way till the end, unfortunately for the Rams and everyone that's in that division. But you know what I found interesting was now that I've sort of had like a day or two to digest this game and go back to watch the film and everything like that. Look at the numbers. I actually think the Rams are going to be a lot better moving forward. Like they hit some of those big plays, of course. Right. And you know, we got what we wanted essentially out of that Matthew Stafford trade. You've seen all of the flashes, everything that makes you excited about his appearance there with the Rams. But I looked at some of those passes. And again, this is, you know, to preface for those that haven't listened over the last few days, or maybe aren't that in tune with what the Rams are doing. None of these guys took snaps in the preseason. Like they have no chemistry together in real time or in live snaps. And I think that really was visible when you look at some of these passes, like the Stafford to Deshaun Jackson pass where he's crossing over the middle of the field. He throws it low and Deshaun Jackson kind of trips up, can't really catch it and run. He catches it and he's basically on the floor there. The other one, third down, third and 10 to Robert Woods across the middle of the field. If Stafford has much more chemistry with this guy, he's going to lead him. Woods is going to catch it, probably gain another five or six or maybe 10 yards. And it's not going to be a hard catch for him to make. Whereas, you know, he's kind of jumping, turning backwards like this. He's got to pull it in. That was the one right before the Cooper cup, 56 yard touchdown. I want to say, But this is good news, right? Because these guys have much more of a ceiling. Like, I think the floor is high because you know what you're going to get out of these guys. They're all good players. And let's be honest here. We can expect a very good offense. But there is a higher ceiling that they have yet to reach. And I think while these, you know, weeks start to get knocked off, some of these games go, some of the rust goes, they're going to be much more comfortable with each other. Stafford is going to learn, you know, the speeds at which these guys are running their routes and where they want passes and things like that. And that just gets me even more excited about this offense, right? Because there is more to be had. And you even look at the running game throughout those first three quarters. It was not great, right? It only started to pick up in that fourth quarter. Like this offense has endless potential, in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And and even on the defense side of the ball, right? It, they started slow. They finally got into that rhythm. Um, one of the stats I saw that Andy Dalton averaged 2.1 seconds times to throw each time that he dropped back. That was the fourth fastest by a quarterback in a game since 2019, meaning he was scared as heck getting the ball out. Not every quarterback's going to be getting the ball out fourth fastest in NFL history in the last you know handful of years. So that defense had to deal with that. Also, Andy didn't Andy Dalton didn't complete a pass over 10 yards. The Rams kept everything in front, basically said, hey, toss it in front, we'll go get it. The run defense was a little suspect at, at first. But again, 
this is first game, new coordinator, everything on the offense side of the ball. So uh, this team is going to slowly come together. Uh, and if this defense can continue to kind of finish like they did in that game, it's going to be a fun, fun group to watch on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And before we dive into this next game, uh, it just kind of came into my mind here while you were talking, you know, Andy Dalton's not going to hold the ball. He didn't hold the ball. The guy they're playing next week, man, Carson Wentz, he is notorious for holding yes. the ball. Maybe nobody holds it longer than this guy. I think the Rams are really going to get some opportunities on the defensive side of the ball, you know, for sacks, maybe a few turnovers, maybe some sack fumbles. I think everyone on that side of the ball is probably licking their chops right now, a little bit excited about going against this guy. And the Rams do have a little bit of familiarity with him. They did, uh, unfortunately, tear his ACL back in 2018. I want to say that was Mark Barron, who's no longer with the team, of course. But uh, before yeah. we get into all of that, you guys can always follow us on Twitter, at LockedOnRams, at QB's MEP, at LA underscore Rambling Bear, and on YouTube, at LockedOnRams. And if you guys want to bet on this week two contest between the Rams and the Colts, you guys know the deal. Go check out betonline.ag. They're going to have you guys covered for everything you need to know about every favorite sport that you have from basketball to football to horse racing to everything in between. They got you covered. Bet Online is your number one spot for all the college football and professional football action this season. You can get all your latest updated odds, props, and contests, including the $200,000 Survivor Contest and the NFL Half Million Dollar Mega Contest, both open now at Bet Online. Be sure to take advantage because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Brad, just before we get into that, we're going to save that for the last segment. And I think it's going to be kind of juicy because, man, I'm ready to see another game. I'm fiending for a second game. Like, this week is going by slow as hell for me. But um, this game, I still want to kind of touch back on this Chicago Bears-Rams game, right? And you look at the offense. What's funny about it is they ran the second fewest plays this week out of any offense in football. And they still managed a 30-burger. Like, I really think that this offense has different ways to kind of skin the cat as they say i don't know it's kind of a weird saying but different ways <laughs> to be productive right there's certain weeks where they're not going to go against a front seven like the bears have and they're maybe going to run the ball you know 25 times maybe have 175 yards rushing or maybe they're going to have to have some of those extended drives where you know you have 12 or 15 play drives you're kind of taking those short gains because teams don't want matthew stafford to cook them deep that's what's exciting to me about this is there is legitimately endless possibilities to that offense. And I'm just kind of curious on your opinion. Now, when you look back to this offense last week, you know, and this was something we discussed off air, Van Jefferson, I was kind of shocked that he was that wide receiver three, right? I think, you know, throughout the offseason, we talked about it and I especially talked about it. I thought Deshaun Jackson was going to be the clear cut receiver three. I thought he and Jefferson were going to split time for sure. And it was maybe going to be somewhere in that range of like, you know, 60 to 40 type of breakup. Uh, but Van Jefferson, I want to say, according to PFF, had 34 snaps in that game. Deshaun Jackson, only 14. Uh, was that kind of surprising to you? And, you know, you gave me a good reason as to why that was probably the case. So why don't you kind of share that here? Yeah, at first it was surprising. But then as we kind of talked off air, it's like, hey, we brought this guy in for the long haul. And the knock on him has been getting hurt early. So why go out in game one and give him 28 snaps and really stretch his, you know, health or his, the, you know, security of his injury uh, in game one. Uh, you want to find the mix in. Plus, Van Jefferson, a guy that you spent a second round pick on not too long ago, really finished the season last year really strong, right? Came on, scored a touchdown in that Green Bay game, was a guy that they felt really comfortable going to and can run the deep ball, can run routes really great, has great hands. So 
Uh, you got to expect who's the long-term option here. It's going to be Van Jefferson, Deshaun Jackson. Maybe we get a couple years out of him if we're lucky. Uh, they got to continue to develop this talent. So um, really kind of as I think about it more, it's not as surprising as I really thought. Um, kind of diving into that offense a little bit more on some of the things that were pretty interesting. And you kind of mentioned this um, you know, in this podcast and then even on Twitter during the game is talking about this offense is just getting going, right? And And one of the things we saw is a lot of shots shotgun and and that was kind of surprising we haven't seen a ton of shotgun uh, i think stafford dropped back 26 times only eight of them were for play action of those eight play actions he went eight for eight 155 yards and two touchdowns so <laughs> kind of what you were saying on twitter is like hey the shotgun's kind of cool and it's fun to see it in the offense but let's kind of mix it up a little bit more because seeing matt stafford with 10 yards of space plus and having all the time in the world to dissect stuff and throw the ball deep really seemed to work out. I understand McVay in the passing game, even in the years past has gotten into kind of just getting excited on some of these play callings, throwing a bunch of, uh, you know, throwing the ball a bunch of times, getting shotgun because he hasn't been able to do it with golf as much in the past handful of years. So uh, I think seeing a mix of that continue to come and then working back into the run are going to be really big things for this offense. But man, it's nice to know that we've got four wide receivers. Didn't even see Tutu Atwell, um, mm-hmm. whether that was, you know, playing kick returning or whatever it was. So, uh, you know, kind of surprising. And maybe that's another thing is they're going to kind of start to trickle him in a little bit more. But, uh, you know, going back to your original question is, hey, let's see if we can get Deshaun through a whole season and take those deep ball shots. And then really being able to kind of rotate these guys in and, and kind of, you know, one gets gassed. Let's take another one and run them down the field. Uh, you got to love to see that deep ball. But uh, you mentioned it the other day. It was I, I, first time in a ton of years that a, a guy debuted and threw two deep bombs like that. <laughs> uh, the other stat that I saw uh, was also that this was the first time that a, a player, a quarterback, had thrown two 40-yard touchdowns in the same game since Kirk Cousins back in 2019. So just highlights everywhere for Matt Stafford and that offense. And like you mentioned, this is just scratching the surface on what they can do once they start putting in all these pieces and start, you know, moving on the fly and doing hurry up offense and being able to have Matt Stafford control that, that play at the very end where Matt Stafford on his last touchdown pass, where he had all the pressure in the world, stayed in there very comfortable, slid up one step and found Robert Woods at the back of the end zone. That type of stuff all season long is just going to make this podcast on Victory Wednesdays because I'll, I'll continue to piggyback that and take a victory day uh, with my L.A. shirt every time we get a win. Uh, it's going to be a ton of fun. Yeah, no doubt, man. This was a good way to start the season. Uh, and the defense, you know, flashed a little bit. They're still getting used to their new coordinator and how he's going to call games and things like that, too. You've seen a lot of those flash plays, right? At the end of the day, that's how you're going to win football games. The more opportunities you can give your offense to go score, especially when you have an offense like that, that's going to be big play and big strike. You're going to have a good chance to win games, right? You're talking about three fourth down stops, a turnover in an interception, another forced fumble that was on the sack fumble on fourth down from Justin Hollins. And there was a lot of individual performers in this game that maybe we didn't expect, right? You look at a guy like Kenny Young. We didn't talk about him much throughout the offseason. He played every single snap for the defense, and he had the highest coverage grade of any player, according to PFF. You know, you talk about Justin Hollins, a great game. I mean, this guy was a waiver wire pickup by the Rams before last year's season. I think it was from the Denver Broncos. They kicked him to the curb. And now the Rams have a potential quality starter out of, you know, zero investment. So these are the kind of things that make the Rams what they are, which is a good, successful franchise that knows how to find players, knows how to breed talent. And knows how to develop these guys. And I think at the end of the day, 
you know, you got to give your hat off to Les Snead and, and Sean McVay for finding the positions to put these guys into to succeed. But I want to spend the majority of this episode diving into this final piece here uh, and talk about this week two game between the Rams and the Colts. But before we get into that, make sure to listen to this podcast throughout the rest of the week here at the Locked On Rams pod. Tomorrow, we're going to host our crossover episode with the Locked On Colts host, as well as myself, of course. We're going to learn more about both teams, especially the Colts here. Uh, but before we get there, you guys can go check out DirecTV Stream if you need a way to watch your favorite sports or your favorite entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to get your TV together. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to ever buy another device ever again. The best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. And you guys have heard me talk about the Built Bar here many times. Man, listen, I've tried every protein bar on the market. I've lost a lot of weight throughout the last two and a half years. And I prioritize my protein more than anything on this earth. They do not taste good for the most part. There's a lot of chalky ones, a lot of very high calorie ones, some that just don't taste good, some that are expensive. You do not have to worry about any of that with the Built Bar. All you have to do is go check them out at BuiltBar.com. They have a bunch of different flavors. They're all delicious. They're low in calories. They're low in sugar. They have 19 grams of protein per bar. They're high in fiber, and they even work for you if you are on the keto diet. All you have to do, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And I've mentioned this as well many times. You guys know I like to bet. Brad mentioned that he had a few bets going this past weekend as well. If you guys need assistance with bets, where to go, you know, what lines to take, go check out the Locked on Bets podcast. It's hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, two of the hosts here on the Locked on Podcast Network. These guys are going to get you right for every single sport, every game day, every Sunday, everything you need to know. Go check them out at Locked on Bets. It's brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. And my man, Brad, now is the time, right? We've talked about this game a lot, especially myself. I feel like I've talked about the Bears way too much this season already. I'm dying <laughs> to see the second game, all right? I've not seen much of the Colts and the Seahawks game. The first one, of course, the Colts did lose that game. I can't even remember what score it was now. Uh, but the Seahawks did win by two scores or nearly two touchdowns, I want to say. So it decided victory there. And of course, you know, the Seahawks are a good team as well. So no shame really into losing to those guys. But you look at this Colts team, right? And I mentioned it, a new quarterback, Carson Wentz. He's only played one game there. Uh, it's kind of a transition period for them. Transition period for the Rams. The exact same type of scenario. Matthew Stafford, veteran quarterback, one game with the team. And I don't think Wentz took, no, he did not take any preseason snaps with those guys either. So it's kind of eerily similar in terms of the situation here. And the Rams and the Colts do not play often. So there is not much familiarity between these teams, these coaching staffs. Uh, and we can get into a prediction in, in a few moments. But when you kind of look at this game, and the Rams are on the road for the record, what are you sort of looking out for? Are there any players on the Rams sideline that maybe you're kind of keying in on that you have circled, maybe on the Colts sideline, any matchups that you like, anything like that? Um, and what potential concerns do you maybe have from this game between the Rams and the Colts too? Yeah, a couple of things to tie up there. 28-16 was the score. Two scores, like you said there. Uh, and then shout out to Lockdown Bets because I should have listened to them on Monday night. They told me to take the Raiders and I just couldn't 
do it. Uh, that is an awesome show. If you're not listening, I hey, listen. Man, you know the Raiders day. exactly. I was like, I should have listened. I should have listened. Um, <laughs> but going back to this game and and talking about some of the things that I'm going to be watching. One, you mentioned him in the last uh, segment a little bit, but Justin Hollins, man, coming out and having an incredible game and really yeah maybe some cleanup sacks you know Aaron Donald had those slippery hands and and kind of had a couple fall out and then but man Justin Hollins I mean that's really what we need in this defense is like hey Aaron Donald's gonna bring a lot of attention we need people to find their way to get back there and especially if it wasn't Floyd it was his first time in his career having a multi-sack game I do not expect that to be his last of the season he might have a couple of those this year we may have two other guys get we could have three guys get 10 sacks this year it is very doable depending on you know the type of pressure that we continue to put on there but uh with that being said Carson Wentz had a very poor debut talked about all the similarities between those two quarterbacks one was not their week one performance uh he went 25 of 38 38 passes for Carson Wentz a guy who didn't play like you said all preseason he only got a handful of practices with this team. Uh, he was sacked three times. His QBR was 26.3. Yikes. He had two touchdowns, but those were late garbage touchdowns. Um, this is going to be interesting. You mentioned earlier, this is a guy that likes to hold the football a little bit. This is a guy who was sat out because of an ankle injury that we thought maybe he wouldn't be playing in this game for. So mm-hmm. uh, if he goes down a handful more times and keeps getting beat up and, um, Man, this might be a very ugly game for Carson Wentz. Uh, so I'm kind of watching those defensive uh, players outside of Aaron Donald, Hollins, Floyd. Who else is going to be getting pressure on Carson Wentz? And what is Wentz going to do with that pressure? Is he going to just eat those sacks and kind of tuck and save himself? Or is he going to try to make it happen downfield, which is not a good plan against this defense as well? You talked about it uh, even on your Twitter, how the Rams were shifting they're secondary. They're going to make it tough. Not only has everyone got crazy jersey numbers this year, and it's hard to know who's <laughs> who and who's where, uh, but they're going to move Jalen Ramsey around. They're going to move D. Will around. David Long Jr. got an interception in the first game, uh, and you talked about you know our linebackers stepping up and and especially Young in, in that secondary role and, and dropping back in some coverage. So uh, this is going to be a really fun matchup. I'm excited for. On the other side of the ball. Um, can Mass Stafford keep throwing the ball downfield, right? It was this a I, I don't expect in any way for it to be a one game wonder with him with the deep ball, but yeah. can McVay continue to scheme him open? I am really curious on Brian Allen game two because game one, man, I, I think I had to send Allen some Venmo money because he became the <laughs> starter. I might have to continue to just send it to him weekly because um I was a hater. And I'm going to have to come out pretty soon and maybe say I was wrong. Uh, I want to see a little bit bigger of a sample size before I start to really eat into this one. But, um, man, he had a really good game. I think I saw a, a tweet out here somewhere that said he ranked fourth as far as uh, protection um, in the NFL. Let me see what I got here. He was fourth in run blocking. There you go. He did did great in run blocking, too. But obviously he had a couple moments there um, where he let some pressure through. But, Overall, extremely impressed with that interior offense line. A little slow out of the gates with the run game, but things started to open up once, obviously, people had to start respecting uh, the downfield ball of uh, Matt Stafford. So I, I think this is a fun one. It's the first game on the road as well. So this is uh, – I always like to look at McVay's team as a very road-confident team coming off a big win, huge energy in that build. See them take it on the road, continue to get better on the defense side of the ball, and really just stay on par – Mix in some run early, more play action, eight play action passes, eight for eight. If I'm McVay and I'm looking at my call sheet and I'm looking down and he's six for six at some point, I'm just going to go, I, I got to get 10, I got to get, you know, five or six more of these in the game. 
um, mm-hmm. if we're going to go on that. I it, Almost that point, you're like, let's do it until he throws an incompletion because uh, yeah. he was looking good back there. But I'm stoked for this game. Um, I still think the Colts are in trouble. Seahawks really should have scored an extra couple touchdowns, but they kind of faltered a couple times. So um, Carson Wentz, man, it's going to be a rough introduction, man. You don't want to see the NFC West, especially back-to-back games to open the season. Really, if you look past their schedule, it doesn't get much easier the next few weeks for them easy. This could be a, a pretty ugly, maybe a one-hit wonder for uh, Carson Wentz over there. I don't know what they're going to do in Indy. Yeah, that's a brutal start to the schedule, right? For the Rams, too. I mean, that's we're talking two quality teams here that yeah. were both playoff teams last year. And then, you know, Tampa Bay next week, too. So it doesn't get that much easier, but we'll save that for later. Uh, you talked about some interesting things there that I kind of want to touch on as well. You know, you look at that defensive side of the ball, Carson Wentz. What concerns me here is the Seahawks might have the worst cornerback duo or trio in exactly. football. And Carson Wentz will stifle that badly against those guys. That makes me concerned for his well-being in this game. Um, yeah. Not as, you know, somebody on the other sideline. I'm, I'm excited about this one. I'm thinking number 11 might have a chance here. Uh, Darius Williams, for those that don't know, to maybe house call one here. You know, like this guy is going to push the ball for better or for worse. And he's going to hold on to that thing for a long time. So if there is a game for the Rams here on the defensive side of the ball to really get it together, it's this one. I mean, next week you got Tom Brady. That guy is hardly going to give you any opportunities to make plays on the ball, even though Jordan Fuller did pick him off twice last season. Carson Wentz is going to give your D-line the opportunity to go get you know, after him, pin their ears back, and just focus on rushing the passer. You're secondary. Be ready to make plays on the ball because he's going to let it go. He's not going to throw those three-yard dink and dunk plays like Andy Dalton. The one thing, though, on the defense side of the ball that they have to improve on is tackling because you go back to last week yeah. and – they had a lot of light boxes, right? They invited the Bears to try and run the ball, but they got a lot of contact on David Montgomery, but he was breaking tackles and creating a lot of yardage after contact. I want to say, and I forget now, according to the PFF numbers, the Bears were like top two or top three in terms of yards after contact from their running game. So the Rams, even though they had light boxes, they were getting hands on this guy multiple times. They just couldn't bring him down. And that's a shout out to David Montgomery. The guy's tough as hell, really underrated, but doesn't get easier this week. Jonathan Taylor is a stud in Indianapolis. That guy is strong as an ox too. So you're going to make contact with him. If you are, you got to bring this guy down. And there was a couple instances last week where, you know, the Rams get Montgomery in the backfield, their hands on him, but they can't bring him down, which is just tough because, you know, it goes from a tackle for loss to a nine yard gain, which is never good. So definitely one thing to focus on going into this game, flipping to the other side of the ball, I'm excited to see what's going to happen here. You know, you mentioned Matt Stafford might go deep. Of course, Matthew Stafford loves to go deep. We know that. We love seeing it in week one. Uh, one of the things looking at this secondary, they are very good, and this defense is very good. But Russell Wilson got them a couple times going yeah. deep last week. I mean, I want to say Tyler Lockett scored like a 65-yard touchdown on his own. Um, Wilson looked good throwing that ball, and Stafford might have, you know, the next best deep ball in football. So that's something I'm looking out for as well. And then the last thing for me, and we're going to dive way into more detail into this tomorrow. But Brian Allen, you mentioned him. He had a good game as a run blocker, pass blocker, a little bit up and down. You know, I'm not yeah. going to rag on him too much. Akeem Hicks is pretty damn strong. Shout out to him. He's also Canadian, by the way. Uh, the dude is literally a bear. Someone called him a literal bear, and I laughed. I was like, you know what? That's a good description of what he is. The guy's just a monster. But it doesn't get easier this week. I mean, he's got to block DeForest Buckner this week a little bit. And that guy was an all pro last year. He is damn good. So we're going to learn about what Brian Allen is in terms of his pass pro as a run blocker two weeks into the season, man. It's not going to get much easier for him, unfortunately. 
but that's mostly, you know, the kind of things that I have circled for this game. Brad, I'm going to give you a chance now. You can share your prediction. Uh, for the record, me and Brad both went one for one last week. Okay. We both uh, in our schedule breakdown series picked the Rams over the Bears. And uh, going into this game, it's a little bit of a toss up now. I'm going to give you your chance. I'm going to share my prediction tomorrow. So they'll hear mine tomorrow. But uh, the floor is all yours, my friend. Who do you got taking this one? Yeah, as we talked a little betting earlier, I, I quick jumped in and looked at the line. It's minus three and a half for the Rams. So they're on the road, but only three and a half. I'm going to be hammering that bet. Um, mm-hmm. And I probably will even tease it up to minus 10. I think this is another Ooh. big win for the Rams. Just watching last week, right? Not every team. And, and that was one of the things, right? Don't have that overreaction Monday and look back and go, oh, the Packers aren't going to win a game all season and <laughs> whatever, whatever, right? Down the whole line. Um, but I'm just not impressed. I, I really have never been overly impressed with Carson Wentz. Uh, I, I don't know if he's going to be able to, as you mentioned it, against the Seahawks really struggled against maybe one of the weaker uh, secondaries in the NFC West, maybe even in the NFC. We'll have to see how this thing plays out. Maybe those guys play up to what we expected. But um, I think that the pressure that we saw near the end of the game is going to really pick up from the beginning. I think the Rams are going to tackle better. Um, and I think this offense is just like you mentioned, just starting to kind of get it going. So I expect for the Rams to put a lot of pressure on Carson Wentz and I almost said the Eagles, Carson Wentz and the Colts to keep up. And I think that's where the downfall for Carson Wentz is, is he's going to sling it. He's going to throw it up there. And our secondary might be one of our strengths and what we have if we can stay healthy back there. Uh, but he's not going to be able to get away with that. I think Aaron Donald plays a little bit better. Uh, and it's not like he paid bad, but he just kind of missed a couple of those plays. I think he's going to fix that. So I see this as a big, big win because I see Carson desperate late in the second half. And that's when our defense really becomes really good because when a team becomes one-dimensional against this defense and those guys up front can pin their ears back and our secondary knows what's coming, uh, man, the, the other team is in trouble. So I've got the Rams winning big. I think it's close to like a another 36-17 type of game. Mm. Uh, I think we go on the road and we smack them. And I think that's what makes really good teams, especially early on, is beating teams you should beat and not only just winning, but getting it done late in the fourth quarter and having it have a no doubter, have that stadium quiet, have it, you know, fans heading to the parking lot in the third quarter. Let's do it. All Rams fans are going to start getting really loud in that fourth quarter. So um, if you guys are going to the game, get loud and start moving up in the third, fourth quarter, get some better seats. I think this is going to be a big, big win for the Rams. Not just because I got my homework glasses on, but just I just don't think that they've got the talent to compete. And Carson Wentz still, I think, is a little banged up. I don't think he's 100%. I like it, man. I like it. It's uh, it's bold, but you know, I tend to agree. I, I I'm gonna say mine for tomorrow. I think the Rams have a really good chance of winning this game. I'll say that uh, because they just match up well, and this team is super talented. They're just getting going, and uh, I just think they got a good shot in this one to maybe not necessarily upset the Colts because the Rams are favored, but to beat down on a team that was a playoff team too. And you know, if we are sitting at two and zero. This time next week, I think that discussion is really going to start to ramp up about are the Rams the best team in the NFC? And we're going to find that out, I think, in week three, right? You're going to have the Rams. You're going to have the Bucks, arguably the two best teams in the NFC. Duke it out in week three, a little bit early on the schedule. It would have been nice if that was pushed back a little bit later towards playoff time when everyone was 100% you know, in season. But man, it's going to be a fun few weeks here for you Rams fans, of course. That is going to do it for this episode. My man Brad shared the prediction. We're going to see what happens. You're going to hear mine tomorrow. Make sure to tune into that episode on the Locked On Rams pod. We're going to have a crossover between Locked On Rams, Locked On Colts. 
We'll learn everything we need to know about both teams, of course, some of the matchups to look out for, my prediction, as well as what's going to happen in this game. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, just a reminder, you guys can come connect with us on Twitter at QB's MEP, at Lockdown Rams, and at LA underscore Rambling Bear. You can find us on YouTube as well, at Lockdown Rams. And please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.